danielbritt.com. Real music for real life. It's Joy FM, and you're listening to the Morning Joy Ride with Daniel, Candy, and Melody. And we're also sitting today with uh, Dr. Gary Chapman, and you probably know that name if you've ever read the uh, the Love Language book, the Five Love Languages. Maybe you've even taken the test. Now, listen, you've got Dr. Dobson who teaches us about the strong-willed child. You've got Dr. Lehman that talks about the firstborn child, which a lot of times might be the strong-willed child. And then we've got Dr. Gary Chapman, who teaches us how to love them all. So <laughs> welcome to the Joyride. Well, thank you, Daniel. It's great to be with you guys this morning. Hey, listen, it's an honor to talk to you. And since 1992, America has been thinking about ways we can communicate to the loved ones in our lives, speaking their language, their love language. And so since 1992, this thing has just taken on a life of its own, I guess. Huh? You know, it's been interesting, Daniel. Every year since the book came out in 92, it has sold more than it did the year before. Mm. Wow. I just wow. told them that. Every time you go to the bookstore, it's still like one of the number one best-selling books. Yeah. It's amazing. It's the opposite of what most books do. You know, yeah. most books mm-hmm. sell the most the first year, and then they dwindle off. I think it's been word of mouth. You know, people people read it. It changes their marriage, and uh, they want other people to read it, and they share it. And mm-hmm. So, you know, it's been very, very interesting to watch that happen. So we took the test, and um, I guess just quickly – now. I found out that I am a words of affirmation guy. Mm-hmm. Candy uh, Melody is uh, an acts of service person. And do the longery for me. Okay. You got me. You're <laughs> happy. All right. I'm happy. Now, now leave it to Candy to throw a monkey wrench in there. She she has a, a tie between the affirmation and acts of service. Is that okay? Oh, that's fine. It makes it easier for the other person. Either one they do, so they're going to get credit. Oh, good. <laughs> oh, she's single. Okay. Well, okay. Okay, but no, uh, often uh, the primary love language and the secondary love language will be very close to each other, and uh, it means that really either one of those speak rather deeply to that individual. How did you come up with that? Because it's so, it, it's simple yet so yeah. technical, you know. You know, most people say when they read the book, why didn't I think about that? I did right. <laughs> i tell you what I did. I had been counseling people for a long time, and I realized that I was hearing the same stories over and over. Mm-hmm. Uh, one would say, I feel like my spouse doesn't love me. And the other would say, what are you talking about? I do this and this and this and this, mm-hmm. and you don't feel loved. I don't understand that. So I sat down and went through the notes that I had made when I was counseling people, about 12 years of my notes, <laughs> and mm-hmm. asked myself, when someone said, I feel like my spouse doesn't love me, what did they want? I had it in my notes. It's what they were complaining about. <laughs> and their answers fell into five categories. Later, I called them the five love languages. But that's how I came up with the five. Wow. And I really wasn't dogmatic at that point. I just said, here's what I discovered. But now that the book has been out these years and has sold over four million copies in this mm-hmm. country, been translated in 35 languages around the world, wow. no one has really come back with a six, seven, or eight. Now, yeah. I, do, I do get some ideas. You know, one guy you? said, number six is chocolate. <laughs> right. And I said, well, that's either, that's either a gift or an act of service, depending yeah, on whether you right. bought it or whether you made it. That's right. Oh, well, that's funny. You can learn more, at, especially during this month of love, at 5lovelanguages.com or garychapman.org. This is Gary Chapman, by the way, on the Morning Joyride with Daniel, Candy, and Melody. More to come in a moment. Joy FM, real music, real life. You're on the Morning Joyride with Daniel, Candy, and Melody. 
And we're talking today to Dr. Gary Chapman. As a matter of fact, we're uh, sitting near his office and, uh, and trying to get inside the mind of Dr. Chapman because that's a brilliant <laughs> mind for anyone to come up with a way for us to communicate with our spouses better. That takes a strong, strong person. <laughs> <laughs> I've been married, Dr. Chapman, for almost 23 years, and I've taken the test, I think, three times in that since the book has come out. Mm-hmm. I'm always the same. Uh, and I've good. taken the seminar, too, your video <laughs> seminar. Our oh, church yes. did it and was involved in that. And I remember one particular chapter about keeping the love tank full. Mm-hmm. And I went home, and I'm like, I'm really going to get into this. And after three days, I was like, oh, the love tank is empty. <laughs> <laughs> the gas is a little too high now. Got, 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 it's hard to keep it full. What could you uh, say about that, about keeping that love tank full? Well, you know, I, I use that picture, uh, and most people can identify with uh-huh. that. You know, the gasoline tank, if it's empty, the car doesn't run. Mm-hmm. And in the marriage, if the love tank is empty, the marriage is struggling. Uh, I, I suggest a little game for people to play about the love tank. You come, <clears throat> you come home and say to your spouse, on a scale of 0 to 10, how full is your tank tonight? Mm-hmm. And if they say anything less than 10, now 10 means I'm just full of love. Can't handle any more love tonight. <laughs> but, but if they say 9, 8, 7, 6, whatever they say, you say, what could I do to help fill it? Mm-hmm. And they give you a suggestion. And to the best of your ability, you do it. It's a fun way of keeping this on the front burner of the relationship. I don't mean it's an easy way, because what they suggest may be something you don't really want to do right now. And it's not that you have to do it, you know, because love is a choice. But they are giving you information. If you wanted to love me, this is something that would be very meaningful to me. And if you will keep a record of what they ask, you will find that their requests fall in line with their love language. Right. And uh, So it's, it's a fun way. And really, if you can keep the love tank full in a marriage relationship, it makes all the rest of life easier. We all have conflicts and things we have to discuss and we have to work our way through. But if you feel loved, it's easier to resolve conflicts. If you don't feel loved, if you have the feeling, my spouse doesn't love me, they don't care about me, they're self-centered, they don't think about me, it's hard to work through conflicts. Yeah. You know, they're, they're really kind of your enemy now instead of your friend. But if you keep the love tank full, it's two friends realizing we have differences and now we're going to learn how to resolve those differences. Mm-hmm. That's good. That's the voice of Dr. Gary Chapman, and you're listening to the Morning Joyride as we are thinking about what else? Love. After all, it is the month of love, February. And, uh, hey, listen, we're going to ask him if this love language thing has ever backfired. <laughs> you're going to want to hear his answer. <laughs> Hang on. Joy FM, real music, real life. It's the Morning Joyride with Daniel, Candy, and Melody, and Dr. Gary Chapman is our guest today as well as we're talking about, of course, the five love languages Doctor, do you ever, uh, in your own relationship, or you ever hear from people who make you wonder, why did I ever write that? Uh, I wish I wouldn't have documented that in black and white. Well, I've had some husbands say, why did I ever read that? Yeah. <laughs> now i got to get to work. Because now I realize what makes her feel loved, and I don't particularly enjoy taking the garbage out and washing the dishes and doing laundry. <laughs> right. you know? right. In fact, one guy said to me after he'd heard the lecture, he said he realized that his wife's language was acts of service. Mm-hmm. And he said, I'll just tell you right now, if it's going to take vacuuming floors and doing laundry and doing dishes for her to feel loved, you can forget it. <laughs> and he was serious. He was serious. And, and I said to him, well, that's your choice. If you want to live with a wife who has an empty love tank, that's your choice. You know, I've lived with a wife with an empty love tank, and I've lived with a wife with a full love tank. Same wife. I much prefer the latter wife. 
Yeah. Okay. You're both yeah. happy. Yeah, right? <laughs> She's happier and I'm happier. And it does make you feel good to fill someone else's love tank. It does. Absolutely. Once you do it, you know, it's work sometimes to do it. But once you do it, it does feel good. Absolutely. And, you know, let's face it. Jesus said, this is the way they can tell that you belong to me, mm-hmm. by the way you love each other. Mm-hmm. Well, why would, we don't, why would we not want to start that at home? Right. You know, in the marriage. If you can't love your spouse or don't choose to love your spouse, why would you want to love anybody else? Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's, it's pretty crucial. Mm-hmm. And the five love languages extends uh, beyond uh, love between a, a husband and a wife. In fact, you can find out more if you spell this out, fivelovelanguages.com online. In fact, you've now got books written uh, specifically for men, I think specifically for women. You even go so far as to talk to, uh, to singles. And uh, to teenagers, and my first reaction is, Dr. Chapman, why in the world would you write a book about love for, for teenagers and for singles? I mean, I've heard Which the I quote. I read, too. <laughs> I had two teenagers. Okay. I, I've heard the quote, uh, you know, for singles, they don't, they don't need any help. It's like a 747 jet sex engine in a Volkswagen <laughs> body. <laughs> well, let me address singles first. Yeah. Uh, I wrote the book Five Love Languages for Singles for one reason. I had so many singles say to me, I know you wrote your book. For couples, but I read it, and for the first time in my life, I understand that my mother loves me. Mm-hmm. And uh, they said, "Why don't you write one that will help singles understand how this applies to their relationships?" Mm-hmm. So that's what I did. And in that book, I apply the concept to understanding your parents, siblings, mm-hmm. uh, roommates, college roommates, for example, mm-hmm. uh, coworkers, as well as your dating relationships. Because let's face it, in all of our relationships, if the people feel loved and appreciated by us, the relationship's going to be better. So when you apply this for singles, and I've gotten great feedback from singles. Uh, the reason I wrote the book for teenagers, uh, it's really not for teenagers. It's for parents of teenagers. <laughs> and it's saying to them, I know you love your teenager. But the question is, does your teenager feel loved? The reality is... Thousands of teenagers do not feel loved by their parents. It's not because the parents don't love them. It's because the parents are expressing their love in a language the teenager doesn't understand. So helping parents learn how to effectively communicate love to teenagers is what that book's all about. That book is awesome. That book helped me a lot with my kids. It really did. You know, one of the things I point out in that book is that we didn't have teenagers in this country until the Great Depression. I don't mean <laughs> I don't mean we didn't have teenagers. We didn't have a teenage culture. Yeah, right. yeah. you know. And what happened in the teen because they worked. Teenagers worked in the factory and on the farm. But in the in the in the Great Depression, they lost their jobs. Mm-hmm. So there was nothing to do with the teenagers. So what did they do? They put them all in the public school. Before that, very few people went to public school in high school, and they put them in high school. When mm-hmm. you get them all together, what happened? They get their own music, their own dress, their own language, and you, you have teenage culture. <laughs> yeah. so There's an interesting little sideline there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But uh, the, the reality is that teenagers need to feel loved, and if they do, teenagers will come through those adolescent years in a rather positive way. Mm-hmm. If they don't feel loved, they will seek love, typically in the wrong places. Wrong places. Mm-hmm. We're going to talk more with Dr. Chapman in a moment. I mean, I, I love people who think like this because people, in our line of work, people are business. If you're a pastor, People's your business. But as a Christian, people's your business. It's a relational uh, thing that we have with our faith. And we're going to talk to Dr. Chapman a little bit more as the Joy Ride continues on Joy FM. And we'll do one more segment and jump in if you want to ask okay. Real music for real life. This is Joy FM, and you're listening to the Morning Joy Ride. Our guest today is Dr. Gary Chapman. And uh, this is a this is an amazing uh, thing uh, if you approach it from a psychological standpoint. 
a relational standpoint, the five love languages, written in 1992, but you can tell it's uh, it's worthy of a read because it's still top of the list. I mean, this thing just keeps a growing. A re-read. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, over and over. And, um, Doctor, tell me, if, if it were nothing but a psychological read or a study, that would be one thing. But tell us how Scripture plays a part, how, how God designed the body, and how, how our faith interacts with these love languages. Well, you know, Scriptures make it rather clear that husbands are commanded to love their wives. And the older women in the church are instructed to teach the younger women how to love their husbands. Mm. Well, if something can be commanded and something can be taught and learned, it's not beyond our control, which is the common concept of our culture, that you either have love or you don't have love. That's what they say in my office. You know, mm-hmm. I don't love her anymore. And I say, well, you're disobeying Scripture. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They're talking about a feeling. Yeah. I'm talking about yeah. a choice, you know, that you choose to look out for their interests. Well, if you choose to do that, then the question is, how do I, how do I look out for their interest? What, what do I do to express this love? Mm-hmm. And that's where this book comes in. It gives direction to those who choose to follow the biblical guidelines of loving husbands and wives. It teaches you how to do it effectively so that you actually meet an emotional need of your spouse by expressing love in the right language. And when you meet that need, then the whole relationship becomes warm. And you can not only process difficulties, but you can now serve God because both of you are now free to use your energy in serving God. Whereas if you're not meeting each other's need, you spend your energy arguing, trying to get your needs met. And so the, the marriage goes downhill, but also the kingdom of God suffers. So when husbands and wives learn how to get it together biblically and learn how to choose to love each other and do it effectively, it affects the whole of life and certainly affects the kingdom of God. In your travels and your opportunities, I mean, just speaking with your assistant, that uh, the calls are coming in for radio and TV and a lot of them secular. Uh, what opportunities has that given you to express, you know, your studying of the five love language, but then to relate these things? Well, you know, it has been an open door, I think, because whether people are Christians or not Christians, they have a need to feel loved. Mm-hmm. And if you're married, you'd like to have a good marriage. I've never met a non-Christian who got married hoping to be miserable. Right. You know, they all want to be happy. And yeah. they think marriage itself is going to make them happy. Uh, so, you know, addressing the whole issue of how to express love to each other has opened doors into the secular venue, which has been great. In fact, just last week I did an interview with a Canadian TV station, which was totally secular. And I went to the local TV station here, you know, to, to tape it. But uh, I, I think because this is so central to human life, it does open doors to carry this message to, to non-Christians. And in that context, what to me has been very fulfilling in my marriage seminars, which I lead 30 times a year on Saturdays, Hmm. uh, we have people every week who receive Christ because I share the gospel at the seminar and give them a chance to respond to Christ. Last week I was uh, in western North Carolina. We had four people who received Christ. The week before that I was in Texas. We had 18 people who received Christ. So, you know, because really when you get down to it, it's the relationship with God. It's the power of the Holy Spirit that gives us the will to love our spouse and then give us, gives us the power to follow through with that. Those seminars, the books, the writings, the, um, the audio companions, all available at the, one of two websites, GaryChapman.org or FiveLoveLanguages.com, right? That is correct, yes. And Valentine's Day is coming up. Are you ready? I will be ready. <laughs> Get busy, Dr. Chapman. Get busy. <laughs> 
So good to have you here on, on Joy FM. Thanks for taking time. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate what you guys are doing. Thank you. Great. Thanks.